Well, it is that time again. It's time for Left to Center. I'm Dan Johnson, and you know, last time we got together, I had a guest. This time, I have two guests, and if I ever reach the point where I have more than two guests, we'll have to book uh, an amphitheater or something, (laughs) but uh, I have two of my friends with me today that uh, I just think the world of. Uh, Sitting across from me is Stacy Rice, and if that name sounds familiar, it's because Stacy is the uh, co- executive director of the Q Center here in Portland, uh, but soon to be uh, retiring. And on the phone with me is Sasha Bookert. Now you're probably going to scratch your head and say, where have I heard of Sasha Bookert before? Well, let me tell you a story. About eight years ago, I wandered into Kabu, and there was this tall, skinny gal sitting next to me trying to do a news story. And I said, who are you? And she said, I'm Sasha. Well, Sasha is now with Lambda Legal. So she's gone from being a volunteer at KBU and riding her bicycle all over Portland. By the way, do you miss your bicycle? Immensely, yes, and I miss Portland very much and KBU. Well, okay. yeah. And, and, and you were in town this last weekend, too, weren't you? And the Q Center. Sorry, Stacey, love the Q Center. I was a volunteer there, too. Yes, that's exactly right. That's where I first met Sasha, yeah. <laughs> well, you, you know, uh, we've got Sasha on the phone because of her connection with Lambda Legal. Uh, she is going to bring us up to date on the issue of trans folk in the military. And the theme of our show is Trans Life Next. Excuse me, Trans Life Now. And I've wanted to do this show for some time, so I've got two of the experts with me. Sasha, I know you've got a busy schedule, so let's get started with you. Why don't you bring us up to date with the latest information about the trans military situation? Sure, yeah. So, as folks probably know, um, the current um, resident uh, issued a series of tweets in July stating that they were going to um, prevent trans people from serving openly. Now, trans folks have been serving openly in the military for over a year, you know, without incident or disruption. Uh, And um, the, you know, uh, resident issued a declaration or a directive um, about two or three weeks ago uh, codifying that that uh, discriminatory policy, and uh, in response, Lambda Legal, along with OutServe, uh, as well as other groups like the ACLU and the National Center for Lesbian Rights and uh, GLAD, have filed a um, lawsuit challenging that discriminatory policy. So we're in the process of you know working on that litigation. Uh, next steps will probably be that we'll be asking for an expedited trial or filing a preliminary for a preliminary injunction, motion for preliminary injunction that um, uh, what should be moving forward in the next few weeks. Uh, it's just, you know, terrible, <clears throat> you know, that the folks who, you know, um, <clears throat> have been serving uh, bravely and honorably are, you know, being denied the right to be themselves. You know, it fits into the larger issue that, of course, folks can relate to, you know, uh, in the private sector, you know, folks should never be judged on who they are, or who they love. They should be judged on the merit of their work. Well, so we're on, very excited. Sorry, go ahead, Dan. On top of that, you're a former Marine yourself. 
So it and, has to have special meaning. It really does, you know, uh, and I know that not everybody agrees with the military or what they do, but, you know, for me and for a lot of uh, folks who do serve, you know, it's a step out of poverty. It's a step, you know, a lot of folks, you know, especially trans folks, you know, we face such high levels of employment discrimination. Uh, it's just, you know, it's a it's a safety line, you know, not all of us, you know, can go to college and, you know, or afford to go to college. And so, you know, I my experience in the military was wonderful. I, I, was, I served proudly in the United States Marine Corps. Uh, I'm not going to say that I agree with everything the military does or has done. That's, that's a different question. Sure. Uh, but, you know, um, but, I, but I'm definitely absolutely proud. And, um, you know, and I had to serve in the shadows. Though. I had to hide who I was. You know, I was constantly afraid of being found out for who I am. Uh, and, you know, there were times that I came really close to, you know, being, there, was, there were times when I am extremely afraid of being found out for who I am and being discharged. And, uh, you know, no one should have to live that way. No. Again, people, just, people should be based on the merit of their work. Can you do the job or can't you? Not whether you're transgender or whether you're gay or whether you're a woman right. or whether you're African-American. <laughs> you know, it's just absolutely ridiculous so, and yeah. reprehensible. And it fits in with all of the other discriminatory policies that this administration is, is working on, you know, with their, their travel ban and their attack on, you know, immigrants. And, you know, it's just another step in, 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 the, in the discriminatory steps that this, these people have taken. So, Sasha, isn't there, isn't there a, a sort of a consensus running around with the military leaders? Uh, at least that's what I thought I'd heard recently, stating that they did not feel that the trans folks serving in the military were being of any detriment and didn't see a reason why that should, uh, this directive should be put in effect. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there was a, you know, it's disrespect, the, the ban is disrespectful to the Department of Defense who have worked, worked on this issue for over a year and it commissioned an independent study from the RAND Corporation, you know, which looked at the question of whether allowing folks to serve openly would be some kind of disruption. And they found that, you know, the countries, you know, there's 18 countries that already allow people to serve openly and have for some time, including the United Kingdom and France and Australia, Germany, Israel the list goes on, you know, that have not experienced a disruption. All that's happened is people are able, are able to bring their full self to the workplace. But yeah, in addition to, you know, the, you know, the Department of Defense that already looked at this question and the fact that people are, are all already serving without disruption. Right. Yeah. Over, you know, many, many, even, even um, a lot of members of Congress on the Republican side of made statements like Senator Hatch and Senator McCain and Senator Graham denouncing this discriminatory policy in addition to you know there was 45 retired uh, generals that have issued you know statements you know condemning the, the ban so yeah we're, we've seen an enormous amount of support you know from members of congress from military from from generals in the military from the public at large you know i think the public is really starting to understand this issue you know that this is you know that people should not be discriminated in the workplace for who they are Right. Well, listen, we know that you have um, a lot of work to do today, and uh, we want you to keep us informed about what's going on there. So uh, please feel free to, now that we have our phone numbers uh, exchanged, mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, let's stay in contact because we want to know what happens and what's transpiring when and where. So we're glad that you're there and you're doing the thing that you're doing. Thanks, Dan. Really lovely to talk with you and Stacey. I hope you have a great day and 
Thanks for all the great work that you've done at, and are doing at the Q Center. Oh, thank you, Sasha. It was lovely hearing you, hearing your voice. I miss you. <laughs> okay, Sasha, you go off and have a great day, and we'll talk to you again very soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Ben. You bet. Bye-bye. Okay, well, that was uh, uh, Sasha Booker, who is an attorney with Lambda Legal, and she is working on this case with uh, from based on the directive that uh, Trump had issued about trans folks serving in the military. We're going to take a little musical break here if you will and we'll be right back you're listening to left of center my podcast heard only on kboo's website at kboo.fm we'll be right back Oh my gosh. On week and cheese your honey, then comes Monday, and that'll be sir to you. Biddy Boppy Betty, better known as Billy, he's the up-and-coming local DA. A fearless crime fighter, political insider, sure to be mayor one day. But after work on Fridays, off comes his necktie and on come her diamonds and pearls. You better get ready, cause now Billy's Betty. I apologize to those who think that I should be totally serious. I, I think we had to have a little moment of hilarity there. Uh, I loved that Pink Martini song. They've got a couple of other pretty cool tunes on that album as well. 
That was so cute. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and good connecting with Sasha again. Um, but I want to talk about something that I've been uh, mulling around for quite a while. I first became introduced to the trans world in uh, the early 80s. And this was in Chicago. So there was a quite an active community there. Mm -hmm. But there were some significant differences as compared to now. Uh, and so what I want to do, because you've been around the trans world a little while yourself. Yeah, my whole life, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, w I want to talk about uh, then and now and how— uh, how things have changed, and are they changing for the better? And how do we see those things changing for the future? Oh, my gosh, this is a, a great topic, Dan. I thank you for having me on your show. Uh, it's really, uh, I'm 59 years old, almost 60, be 60 in another week and a half. Uh, when I look back at what I experienced as a child in the 60s, knowing that that's there was this little girl inside of me and not this little boy that everybody saw. Uh, there was no place to turn. I mean, there was nothing. We had three television channels. We had no Internet. I mean, it was uh, it was quite a lonely existence, I, I would say, just because you don't know what you're dealing with and what's happening. Kind of fast forward a few years to when I was 10. I actually was saw a news report one night, just happened to see it, thanks to the universe, that showcased this this man or this this wonderful beautiful woman who used to be a GI used to be a man and her name was Christine Jorgensen and she at that time that was probably 67 she was probably the most famous person who had gone through what they called at that time a sex change operation and as she described her life and what she felt that was exactly what i felt for so the, for the first time at 10 years old i realized that wait, there's somebody else that feels the same way. So I think looking at that and kind of where we were at that time, and of course the internet was huge, bringing trans folks together, finding resources. So yeah, so fast forward then, I guess where we are today. I, I can't, I couldn't have imagined five years ago that we would be where we are today with trans uh, rights, uh, issues, uh, that's not to say we don't have a tremendous way to go, but if you'd have asked me, uh, you know, five years ago, do I think that, or maybe a little bit further back, maybe eight years ago, do I think that uh, trans folks would have the uh, the rights that they have today? Uh, I, it would seem like a, the crazy wild dream, actually. I mean, granted, most of that was done by the Obama administration uh, by executive order. Uh, say, for instance, like my passport. Uh, uh, I was able to change the marker, gender marker on my passport without having to produce a letter that I'd had surgery. That was huge. All I had to do was present a letter from my doctor that, yes, this was my life, this is who I was, uh, and I could change my gender marker to female on my passport. Now, that may not seem like a really big deal, but just think, that if you're traveling out of the country, especially this day and time uh, since 9-11, and you have a passport that shows you maybe your beautiful face of the gender that you present, 
but your marker's totally different. God, don't you know that's going to be some problems? <laughs> I mean, so I, I, I love to travel, and it kept me from going anywhere outside of the country because, uh, you know, Lord knows what would have happened trying to come back in. So, yeah, so those kind of things have made uh, tremendous advances, I think, for us, but we've take, we're taking a huge step back right now since the election last year. And I, uh, we, uh, which kind of brings up, I mean, I, I think uh, Sasha is, is lovely, and I've known Sasha for a long time, and is really, I'm so happy that they're there at Lambda Legal now and working on this. Um, the trans community right now is, is an easy target. We're a very vulnerable population. Uh, it's very easy to go after us because, I mean, to be honest, a lot of people maybe don't understand what you're changing your genders that just sounds i don't understand anything about that uh so that so we're already at a disadvantage and in all honesty it's a, a sort of a human reaction that is somewhat understandable well yes it is actually because it's like that just seems so totally out of your own experience maybe to try to understand that right what presents a problem is that yes there's lots of lovely folks in the world who say oh okay that's kind of different i don't really understand that and they'll either move on or they'll try to maybe figure that out but there's a significant amount of people who use that in a negative way actually that uh lashing out with violence and those kind of things towards trans folks uh so I, it's, uh, um, we've, uh, we've got a lot of work ahead of us actually with this and the fact that, uh, that we are about probably 10 years behind, I think, the gay and lesbian movement. Uh, you know, who would have thought that marriage equality could have been achieved as quickly as it was? Uh, that's because I think gay and lesbian stories were out there, positive people they could see who's, this is who they were. We all have, you know, folks in our family who are part of community. The trans community, we have tended to want to blend in to kind of not let people know that we are transgender for really darn good reasons. The fact that we might get killed. I mean, that's, you know, we've had every year, there's a stunning a number of trans women, especially that get murdered all over the world even in this country. So you do that to survive, to make it, to, to, so you can live. I, as you can tell from the accent, I'm from the South. I lived in North Carolina. I was never completely out there, especially at work. If somebody thought that I was trans, that's fine. But I wasn't going to be the one to tell them because there's no protections there. And if, you, if, they, and if they're having a struggle with that you're transgender, you'll be fired. So, so we ha- we've had to do those kind of things. But where we, we've reached a point where that people, the trans community, the members who can, because of their situations, that can speak up and talk about their lives and who they are, that's what we're all trying. To, I think it's what I'm trying to do, at least, is to kind sure. of, yeah, is to tell my story, to put a, put a human, you know, connection to a trans person and that's what we've got to do those who can we have to get out there and tell our stories let people know who we are but if you can't if you can't do that that's fine too you can do what you what what you feel safe enough to do so one of the interesting things that i've discovered is that because oregon is such a progressive state there are things that happen in oregon in a positive way 
that may not happen in so many other states, like you were talking about being from North Carolina and things that could happen to you there that may not happen to you here. And, so Yeah, so true. And, and one of the things that I find interesting uh, in terms of change is that I was speaking with a friend of mine yesterday, and she said she has two kids that are going to Portland Public Schools, and that both of them experienced the same thing the first day of school. The teachers asked each student what pronoun mm. they want to go by, what gender they identified with, and what, you know, uh, and, and I, my mouth sort of dropped. <laughs> you know? Uh, uh, it, ten years ago, that wasn't even thought oh, of. Oh, no. I, I mean, I... If it was too bad we don't have a camera. My, I have a huge smile on my <laughs> face with, with with what you just said because, uh, but that's but that's where we live. I, I mean, yeah. uh, we are so much more progressive here when it comes to transgender issues and and services. Uh, that's the when I came to visit Portland six over well six years ago actually this this month right. When I saw the difference and I saw that as a trans person that, wow, I can certainly have my life a lot freer here than I could back really anywhere, at least yeah. in the South. I says, why am I going back there to live? Because I need to come here. So I moved, you know, six months later and I've been here since then. And, and, and it's been an amazing journey. We're bec- we have become, uh, I work at the LGBTQ Community Center here in Portland and really, Portland's become a mecca for trans folks all over the country to move here because of the acceptance, because of the inclusion, because of what you just described, what these, these you know, as a, God, just think, I mean, just to think that as a first grader, with my situation, if that had been an opportunity in my classroom for my teacher to do that, oh my gosh, I... All the energy that was spent trying to be somebody different and do something different, trying to blend in to be the man that, you know, everybody wanted you to be. Holy crap, all that energy could be expended on so many lovely things. (laughs) You know, uh, a friend of mine, uh, she passed away some years ago, uh, Kimberly Stewart, wrote a book called The Uninvited Dilemma. (laughs) It's a question of gender, and that was the subtitle. And Kimberly spelled out what it was like in that period of time, in 1983 when she wrote the book. And the book not only was well-received among the trans community, but among clinical psychologists and therapists and, and other folk that were working with trans, uh, that I would think that if you, and it's the book is still available, um, I would think that if folks are interested in understanding what it was like to go through that process in the 1980s as compared to uh, 2017, uh, you ought to pick up the book. It's not that expensive, and uh, uh, it's, a, it's a world of information. 
Uh, yeah, and I love the title, by the way. I knew that book way back when it first came out, actually. I, I, I heard of that book and hadn't read it until just recently when you, you shared a copy with me. Um, it's a great title because, uh, uh, yes, I think trans folks do feel like it is an uninvited dilemma. But then you kind of find out, well, no, actually, it's it's a blessing in a lot of ways, contrary to all the, the hard stuff you have to go through. I mean, to be able to have the opportunity to look at life from two different directions is pretty darn wonderful and powerful at times, actually. It is. Uh, just a real quick story about then versus now is that uh, – we have a senior program at Q Center. Uh, Susan Cosen is our program manager and does an amazing job with that program. She started it from scratch five years ago. Uh, she does a, a, a program with the Irvington Middle School GSA. I think they still call it GSA now. Uh, and uh, Gay Straight Alliance, they may have a different name for it, I'm, and I'm sorry if I don't remember exactly what that is right now. But, but what she does, she, she has six or to eight elders in the LGBTQ community get up in front of these kids and tell them their stories of being gay in 1950, uh, being transgender in 1967. Uh, and these kids, and then you, we all have separate sit-down time with two of the kids to kind of just have a conversation. And uh, it's, it's really, I think, a very important... One, one thing is, is that this generation of children and youth are stunningly... Uh, advanced. I mean, they really are. They're, I think they've come into this world with a lot of old souls, and so they, they stuff that we that we have thought my age thought. Oh my God, this what? They just like, oh okay, that's that's fine. Yeah, cool, good for you. Mm-hmm. But I think it's so important though that that we as elders, I think, in the community share what it was like uh, back Absolutely. then, because they. The kid, we we found this right after the election. The folks who showed up at Houston right after the election that were really alarmed the most and felt the most vulnerable was folks 25 and younger. They had never known anything different. So we have to tell our stories. We have to share what it was like to be back there and having to do that. And, you know, uh, it was a hard journey for all of us in the LGBTQ community. But, you know, we set the table, actually, for what's happening now. And I think that that process, if if the young people today can just re, just absorb from those that have been around forever, um, and think about that as they move into uh, the twenty first century, even further than we are right now, uh, it's going to make a big difference in where you are in terms of your own personhood and and how you see and feel and think and react to things. So, uh, I think you're I think you're right on track, and I think it's important stuff. I will say that we've come to the end of the journey. Oh, for, no, Dan. Uh, oh, already? No. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, but uh, it's been great. Um, I hope to have Sasha back again sometime. And, of course, you're welcome anytime. And and you're listening to Left of Center, a podcast that is heard on the KBU website. And it's really easy to find. All you have to do is go to kboo.fm, look for the audio click, then look down at podcast. Click on that, then scroll down to left of center. It's that easy. 
And I appreciate you listening, and we'll be back again next time talking about something that is really important uh, for today. And that's why we're left of center. Thanks for listening.